0: Hello and welcome back to Built to Thrive. All this week, we're looking at death. And yesterday, we started to discuss grief, what it is, and how it's actually different for everyone. Today on the podcast, I want to explore the process of grieving. Many of us feel so uncomfortable with grief that we try and distract ourselves rather than leaning into it and learning to accept it. And there's all kinds of ways that we might do that. Busyness is a big one. You know, I've seen this in many of my friends and many of my patients, that instead of sitting with the grief and allowing those feelings to come up and process them, we prefer to get stuck into our work, get back to work, make ourselves really busy with meetings and emails, because actually it can often be easier to do that. And that's really the same as anything in life. You know, often we don't wanna deal with difficult emotions. It could be loneliness it could be the stress from work it could be a relationship problem and instead of trying to deal with it we like to look the other way turn the other way and move to other habits and behaviors that help distract us like watching a box set for three to four hours in the evening or spending three hours scrolling instagram or opening a bottle of wine and finishing half of it by ourselves look i understand those behaviors we all look for behaviours to distract ourselves, but it's something you very commonly see with grief. Now look, just as everyone grieves differently, the duration of that grief can vary as well, but generally the greater the suddenness of a death, the death of a child, for example, the more time it can take to accept it. You might've heard of something called the five stages of grief that were first introduced to us by the American psychiatrist, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. These five stages are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And although they're still a useful reference point, 50 years have passed since those five stages were first written about. Now, Julia Samuel, who I've mentioned a couple of times this week, this incredible psychotherapist, instead of five stages of grief, she refers to what she calls the eight pillars of strength. Now, you can read about them in detail on her website or in her book but they really spoke to me after my own experience of grief. Now those eight pillars are, our relationship with others and the deceased, our relationship with ourselves, ways to express emotion, time, mind and body, limits, structure, and focusing. Now from that initial conversation I had with there on my podcast, I remember very clearly thinking about this idea that when someone dies, it's not as if they actually have to leave your life in every way. It's just that your relationship with that person can start to change. And if I reflect on that in my own life, you know, as I mentioned this week, it's over nine years now since my dad died. I kind of see dad still as a big part of my life, in my work, in the way I think. I often think about dad's life in the context of what he was going through at a similar age to me in terms of bringing up children and working really hard to support his family. So I kind of feel, yeah, dad's not here physically with me. I can't phone him up and talk to him in a way that I used to, but I can still have a relationship with him. And I find that really, really empowering. One of the things that Julie encourages us to do is to find a way to externalize our relationship with the person that died. That could be cooking their favorite meal or listening to their favorite song, whatever works for you. And I think many people find that incredibly helpful. So if you're struggling or you know someone who is struggling in their life, that might be something you might wanna try or suggest to a friend. Time is an important pillar as well that Julia talks about. And what she's keen to emphasize is that we shouldn't set ourselves and others timeframes Don't be tempted to say to yourself or others, it's been a year now, it's time to get over it. It's going to take the time that it's going to take. Something Julie has also witnessed through her work is that men and women tend to process grief differently. Women are more likely to want to allow themselves to feel the pain and remember the person, whereas men often want to make practical plans, get on and move forwards. Now, I want to be really clear. I understand that these are gross generalizations that don't always hold true in every individual situation. Nonetheless, I think they provide a useful perspective where we can think about ourselves, our friends, and maybe some of our family members. Essentially, at its core, grief is pain. And in many ways, we're programmed to do all we can to avoid pain or stamp it out when it happens. But grief, It's a certain kind of pain that we can't really do that with. But there are simple things that can absolutely ease our journey. I remember after my dad died, one thing that was incredibly helpful was to go for walks, not with music, not with podcasts on. I would just walk in silence. And whilst I walked, all kinds of things came up for me. In fact, I learned so much about myself from my dad's death. In fact, many of the things I now do in my career whether it's with my TV shows, my books, recording podcasts to try and help promote health and well-being on a big scale to the public, I don't think I would have done them without the lessons I learned from dad's death. In fact, in many ways for me, I'd actually go as far as to say that dad's death was a gift. Now, I want to be really clear again, I'm not saying you should or need to think about death as a gift in your life. I'm just honestly sharing my own experience. I feel that I've changed my relationship with my dad because he's not here. I still have one, but it's just in a very different way. And I've also realized that from that adversity, I learned so much about myself, so much about my family and a lot about my father. So have a think about what kind of simple things might you be able to do that allows you to sit with those emotions and process them. Journaling can be really helpful. You know, first thing in the morning, you just write down how you're feeling. You're not looking for a solution. You're just trying to get it out of your mind and onto paper. That can help you process your emotions. Or you could try walking either by yourself or with a close friend and share how you feel. Tomorrow, I want to switch things around and look at ways that we can support other people who've experienced death in their lives. I really hope you can join me.